Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. My name is Evan Barton, and I'm your host who helps create conversations with the innovators and leaders of the growing tech center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Grow With Us podcast highlights the work of community leaders, tech entrepreneurs, nonprofit professionals, and talent development advocates in Tulsa. Grow With Us is a podcast of In Tulsa. In Tulsa's mission is to connect talented individuals and companies to stimulate economic growth in Tulsa and to create more prosperous communities across the region. Each episode, Grow With Us discusses the growth of opportunities, the growth of communities striving for change, or the tech and innovation that is changing the landscape of Tulsa. On this episode of Grow With Us, we are in conversation with Louisa Krug, the Tulsa Global District's Executive Director. We discuss the origins of the Tulsa Global District at 21st and Garnett, how to support, foster, and grow diverse culture in commercial districts, and how co-development strategies create stronger communities. Welcome to Grow With Us, Louisa. I'm so excited to have you on this episode with me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, what a beautiful day to be podcasting. Um, it's We're here in the middle, I was going to say the middle of summer, but summer hasn't even technically started. It's just been so hot in Oklahoma <laughs> that I'm like, oh, we're in summer. But Louisa, go ahead and give me give us an introduction and kind of tell us your story in whatever way you feel comfortable. And, and thank you so much for being here. Yeah. So I was born on the East Coast. My family moved quite a bit when I was younger, um, but I moved to Tulsa about 11 years ago after grad school. I went to grad school um, at the University of Notre Dame in Indiana. Um, and I, my background's in public health. And so I came here and I got a job at the Tulsa Health Department as an epidemiologist. And really, like, as I worked through just kind of understanding diseases in Tulsa County, the things that were the most interesting to me were really the idea of where you live having long-term impacts on your outcomes, like your life expectancy. And, you know, just, you know, I think a lot of people have talked before about the life expectancy disparities between North and South Tulsa. And so I just got really interested in that built environment concept. Um, And so I transitioned to a job at the Tulsa planning office, working as a, as a planner. Um, And then was given the opportunity to work for the destination districts program, which really supports areas of Tulsa, commercial districts in Tulsa that have not necessarily lived up to their potential due to uh, disinvestment over time. Um, And so like those places that are really historically and culturally significant to our city. So I did that for two years and then transitioned into the executive director of the Tulsa Global District. And that's how I'm here today. I love it. That's so cool. I I didn't realize um, the epidemiology story or, or kind of like part of your background. That's something that I'm I was really particularly interested at right around like eighteen nineteen and wanted to explore more in college. Unfortunately, I thought that there was like a medical or like doctor way to get there, which there is, but um, I think there was a there was a quicker route to maybe gauge that interest in me, and I uh, I went the way that weeded me out, unfortunately. But that is really interesting. I love the point you brought up along with that kind of about how. Even within a large metro, there is this unfortunate like disparity um, based on where you live. And and going a little bit deeper into that, it can be kind of nature versus nurture and some of those things. And I, I think sometimes the dangerous part about like that argument, at least with like nature versus nurture, it's is that you can start to blame people for the product of their environment or for being the product of their environment. However, when an environment is so I don't know another word other than toxic. And that can be both in the literal sense and also in like the emotional and unstable nature of it. It really does create these outcomes in these neighborhoods where people are are ready to leave in the sense that they don't want anything to do with where they came from. Right. And that's, I think, 
kind of lets the domino fall into disinvestment. And then once the people in the, in the neighborhood themselves don't care about what's going on, neither will the city in that sense. So it, it really is this like zooming out and kind of like it, it going from the individual all the way to these systems that enable things like um, a district to prosper, kind of failing on, failing themselves and essentially. So I find that concept really interesting and, and especially in how it informs your work now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, when I think about neighborhoods, it's like, you know, there's only so much that the people in the neighborhoods can do. And I think particularly in the global district, I think there is so much thriving culture and and people who are invested in their community and have pride in that. But if you don't have sidewalks, if you can't safely cross the street, if you don't have access to a park or things like that, like how do you, you know, live those healthy lifestyles or, you know, have a good education or, you know, all of those things that like, you know, some something much larger has to make the investment. Like you can't change that individually. But I do think that, uh, I do think that having organizations like the Global District is really exciting because it can really focus in on those, on those smaller areas and and advocate for that reinvestment and revitalization. Yes. I, listeners might be like, what is the Global District? We are moments away from talking about that. I want to learn a little bit more about Luisa and kind of her relationship with Tulsa first. So if you don't mind telling us you know, how has, you know, 11 years in Tulsa been for you and, and kind of how have you seen the city grow and change? Yeah. So I, I would say I came to first came to Tulsa when, you know, like like other people probably say, the only thing downtown was like McNelly's and Spaghetti Warehouse. Um, that <laughs> was kind of a, yeah, that was like my first kind of experience coming to Tulsa. And that was even in, I would say in college, I went to Oklahoma State. Um, and so coming to Tulsa you know, a few times when I was in undergrad. But you know, when I first moved here, I, I worked at the health department. And so I think I have always been somewhat involved in just like kind of the, the, the structure of the city, you know, obviously in a different capacity than when I was at the health department. But as I got more interested in that built environment, that's kind of led me, that's what led me to working much more for the city of Tulsa. Um, and so I think I would say my, my, you know, my, uh, relationship with Tulsa has gone from maybe just being a consumer of it to really feeling like I can be involved in in helping make changes in Tulsa. And I, I personally think I always tell people this is something I love about Tulsa, that if you see a problem that you want to be involved in fixing, you're really probably only like three people away from yeah. getting to be involved in that. Um, that doesn't make it easy. That doesn't mean that the changes like come tomorrow, but it does mean that I think that you get to be like a a participant in your city in a way that I I feel like is very meaningful to me. I love that. And you are not the only person to share that sentiment uh, on this podcast. And I, and, I, and I love that in the sense that I've had such a wide variety of folks from different disciplines and backgrounds and professional experiences have the similar experience. So that through line is really meaningful to, you know, a long time Tolson and also obviously to folks that have come here whether it was 10 years ago, five years ago, or even like last week, that there are people that are, I guess, Tulsa is this community where people can solve problems or at least express an interest in solving problems. And it's not like in a vacuum or a void or the problems don't seem so insurmountable that, you know, what's my effort going to do? Right. I feel like it's really interesting how that is also somewhat of like a stance that people take politically, but on the converse, essentially, like, you know, we feel like we can, our voices matter, we can make a change. And then when it comes to maybe it's just my generation of like voters and just these like, um, 
the political climate we've been in, it doesn't feel like our voice matters mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to an electoral system like that. So I don't know. I think I would just say it's really endearing for Tulsa as a city to have a quality where it encourages and empowers your voice instead of muffles and uh, dims. Not that every city that is big and boisterous does that, but it's just I think it's easier to find your pocket, easier to find your niche. And I think that's really meaningful to folks trying out a new city. Yeah. All my family pretty much lives in Baltimore and um, you know, they love their city too, but when I go and visit them, just like their connection to the things I'm connected to in Tulsa is it it's non-existent, right? And yeah. and part of it, you know, through no fault of their own or it's not a bad thing or anything. It's just the way that I have been able to have access to the things that I've had access to in my 11 years, I think is really makes Tulsa uh, a, a place that you can just really feel engaged yeah. and involved. Keyword access, word that I feel very passionate about. Um, I think changing the who gets access to changing how access is granted. I mean, it's there's been so many things I feel like personally have been gatekept from people, whether it's sentiments or resources or, you know, the list goes on. Definitely. And I want to I want to be the the person that but what's the opposite of like a bouncer? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to let people in. Like the, the greeter, the Walmart greeter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or the, you know, when you're like traveling and, you know, in like New Orleans or something and they're standing at the front, like, come in, come mm-hmm. in here, you know. <laughs> that, that's me. That's me. And that's what this podcast is. <laughs> I'm just being silly. Um, Louisa, let's talk about the global district. I'm so excited to discuss this work with you. And do you mind just telling our Grow With Us audience kind of about the Global District and, and how it came to be? Yeah. So the Global District is the commercial district at 21st and Garnett. So in East Tulsa. Um, so if people aren't familiar with this area, it really is one of the most diverse parts of our city, especially if you think about just the diversity of communities there. There is a large Hispanic Latinx population, but there's also a large and growing Asian community as well. Um, and really, it's it's become the immigrant entry point to our city. And so there's just a lot of diversity and culture there. Um, So the way that the organization came to be is that uh, I mentioned earlier that I worked with the Destination Districts Program. So the Destination Districts Program through the city of Tulsa was formed in 2019 to to, um, highlight and invest in those culturally, historic and culturally significant parts of our city that had been disinvested in. So, you know, not necessarily the Brooksides or the Cherry Streets. Those are amazing assets to our community as well. Uh, and I definitely don't want to ever say that they don't need support, at, but ju- it's just a different type of support in like the way that they've um, kind of been established or like have a recognizable brand or those sort of things across yeah. the city. So the global district was one of the, spa- the places selected to be part of the destination districts program. So when I was in that role, we started with a steering committee, you know, community members, organizations, the city councilor. And we applied to become a Main Street program. So Main Street programs are across the state, across the country, and they really provide a framework for how to invest in revitalization efforts in a community-centered way. So really a lot more holistically than just like, you know, we want a big employer. You know, it's a lot more about like, what is the community that's here and how do we capitalize on those assets that are already here while also supporting the small businesses and the people who live here. So that's how the Global District kind of got its start. Of course, that was in 2020, which, you know, 2020 was... That year. Just, (laughs) you know, a year. 
So I would say over the first, say, year and a half, the Global District organization really focused on just getting board members, getting nonprofit status, all those things that you really have to have to start an organization. And then in fall 2021 is when I would say, you know, we had a lot of board members that had grown up in the area or worked in the area and were super passionate and had tons of great ideas. But without a person to really move it forward, it can just be difficult to actually, you know, kind of see see those things through to fruition. So yeah. um, they posted the job and, and, and I was hired and transitioned into that role in January of 2022. So it's been officially a year and a half, which Yay. is exciting. Um, it's gotten really fast. So the Global District, as an organization, we really focus on, I would say, four key areas. So one is events. So those are the fun things that we try to bring people to the area, celebrate the culture and community that's already there. For example, just a couple weeks ago, we had a night market for AAPI Heritage Month. We're planning an art festival on August 12th. I'll make a a pitch for that for everyone listening um, to come. We'll have live murals. We'll have performances, dance lessons, things like that. Really just a way to celebrate that multicultural diversity, have an event for Hispanic Heritage Month. So those sort of things, I think, you know, bring people to the area, maybe help someone experience something that they may have not before. And hopefully they come back and visit again. Um, And then at the same time, I do think it's important for people who live in the area to have a place to celebrate their their own culture and their community. The other thing, another thing that we're working on is placemaking. So placemaking and walkability. So, you know, on a very small scale, that's things like public art or signage for wayfinding. On a much larger scale, that's being an advocate to the city of Tulsa for investment and things like better crossings, better lighting, better sidewalks, those sort of things that take a long time, but really will have an impact on the the way that the, the community feels and the way that they can experience their own community safely. It also has an impact on visitors coming because if yeah. you, right now, if you come and go to Nam Hai, like I can almost guarantee that if you go to the Global District to shop at Nam Hai, you're only shopping at Nam Hai. Or if you go somewhere else, you're driving there, right? So yes. because you don't necessarily feel safe to walk across the big parking lots, even though, you know, Pancho and I is a two-minute walk, right? Yeah. Um, it's right across the street. So what are the things that we could invest in so that someone could say like, oh, I just, I'm, I'm having a day here. I'm having a well. stroll. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel good and comfortable doing that. And that's a benefit for visitors, but it's also a benefit for the person who lives in the apartments behind Namai, you know, yeah. like so that they can uh, safely be in their community. We've also done some work with uh, rental assistance. I think something that's really important to us is just preserving the community that's there and that authenticity. So, you know, displacement is a concern across the city, across the country, honestly, across the world as yeah. things get more expensive. So, you know, we know this is not like the last thing that we need to do, but we did a rental assistance program um, through the Affordable Housing Trust Fund where we gave out $150,000 to 65 households in the, in the Global District in the fall of 2022, really to to try to address rising costs of rents and stagnant wages and things like that. It was a pilot program. We'd like to expand it and continue it. We're just waiting on, you know, being able to have additional funding to support the program. The last thing is really just supporting the small businesses. And so, you know, building relationships with small businesses, helping connect them to the resources and programs that exist. I think you said, talked about access earlier. I think this is something that's really critical in the global district because there is a language barrier with many of the business owners. And, you know, sometimes not even a language barrier, but even a cultural barrier of just like the way that they have 
maybe done business in their home country or just the things that they know are available to them. So we were talking to a business owner actually just a week ago, and he said something to the effect of he had no idea that PPP was a thing when when it came out in, in 2020 for, you know, COVID relief. And, yeah. you know, I think for me being in the space where I worked for the city of Tulsa, like I saw those things all the time, yeah. you know, but but there were, I can't, I can't probably even estimate the number of people who didn't know about that in our city, right? So, you know, that was money that he was entitled to, to, to save his business. And he just had, you know, didn't have the, the access to, to the ability to access it, I guess is how I could say that. Um, you know, his business is still there and that's wonderful, but what stress was he under that he maybe could have had somewhat alleviated? And I think that's probably true for a lot of the programs that we offer across the city. And there's amazing people doing amazing work for entrepreneurship, but how do we make sure that we're connecting connecting our small business owners into those? And we're super lucky. I think I actually suggested a couple of these people to you to be on the show. Yes. There's some amazing organizations working in the Global District as well, UMA Tulsa, Avanzando Juntos, that really focus on this community as well. So we have amazing partners, but in that small business support, also just like the social media and the marketing, I think is big too. Um, you know, I think we all find places we want to eat on our phones or we see a picture of something that just looks absolutely incredible. And you're like, I have to go try that. So how do we get those places in East Tulsa to have kind of that recognition? Oh my gosh, I love that. There's so many things I want to dive into. Uh, I just want to first start off at the top that with saying that I so admire the work of what you're doing. You're a one-person team, hopefully growing to two. I know you guys are hiring a small business specialist. So wanting to flag that for um, any folks yes. listening, open to a new opportunity. Please stay tuned for some more information about that maybe yeah. towards the end. But just amazing, absolutely amazing work. These four kind of areas that you hit on are so, so important. And I might say something uh, about each one because I think that they're really meaningful to me. So the placemaking walkability piece is something that uh, I feel like us as Americans, or I guess me as an American, and kind of just the sentiment that I get from peers and such is that something we take for granted <laughs> in the sense that when you go to, or I guess maybe more so, it's something we don't even have to take for granted. That's maybe the better way to say it. Because when I go to, or when my my friends go out of the country or they go to these places that have walkability just already infused in their, in their infrastructure, it's like, oh, we could walk for miles. Uh, and yeah, you can't walk uh, in, I mean, in a lot of parts of Tulsa, you cannot walk. Uh, there's There's just not, like you said, a safe way to either access a sidewalk or there's not even a sidewalk. Exactly. We're also talking about neighborhoods that don't even have sidewalks where kids have schools in within those neighborhoods. And the the only reason that a neighborhood might have a sidewalk is for that reason alone. And so these other neighborhoods that don't have schools in them, no sidewalks, which what does that say to the kids that live in one place and not to the other? So it's, it's all this like, I don't know if I would say subliminal messaging. It's it's kind of, I think it's just reactionary uh, or something you've become accustomed to accept you don't have. And we don't have to force people to accept that anymore, I think, if, if we have the means to change it. Um, and there are there are advocates um, like you that are, that are there to create a new experience for folks, which is so, so meaningful. And also through your events. I think the night market, um, just in terms of like what I've heard from the reaction of folks and also the you telling me kind of how successful it was and how like where they want us to do one next week almost uh, is so exciting. I, I don't know if uh, that energy in that district and in that space 
can be matched uh, except for an event like that where you know the the community comes together and it's not just uh, one community. It's not just uh, the two communities that reside there. It is this invitation to the city to experience what we have here and also what's um, what's going to be built here. You know, this is an energy that we're not we're not just stopping by selling you, you know, whatever we're selling you, whether it's groceries or um, fresh baked goods or um, art, it's we want to continue growing this entrepreneurial spirit and also showing people that come here and the people that live here that we care enough to invest in it ourselves. And that's what I really like that kind of you're capitalizing on or at least allowing to flourish naturally. Rental assistance is so passionate about this as well in the sense that like displacement is is real. And I, I love the way that you said it too. kind of it's it's something that locally you can know people and know names. And then when you go when you zoom out nationally or even statewide, you know, numbers and then it starts to uh, the numbers can get bigger and bigger. But the in, every individual story matters and is meaningful. And for there to be something that to alleviate that issue, so, so impactful and so meaningful, we might want to talk or I would love if you know ways to support the continuation of that program. We should totally talk about that and mention that. And then lastly, the supporting small businesses. I love the way you talked about that too, in terms of like, there is this, we, we've been doing this podcast for almost two years now, or almost two years now, crazy. And a lot of it has been on kind of this entrepreneurial like spirit in Tulsa. What What is that entrepreneurial spirit? Who has the entrepreneurial spirit and what resources do they use? And I, I think it's so important to highlight that, you know, in, in kind of reflection that that is centered in one part of the town, even even in the narrative of this podcast. <laughs> uh, and, and how can we how can we bridge those two or, or create kind of like you said, that opportunity for folks in East Tulsa to understand what access they might have to stuff down here in downtown, whether it's, you know, a, a weekly class or some type of like business support uh, program like an incubator or, or or things like that to where they're allowed to innovate within themselves and and within their cities, which is the goal for those programs that to this day have existed in that form, but just with a wider audience and reaching the people that live here um, in a new way. So yeah, that was definitely. a long monologue of appreciation, but I just wanted to touch on all those things. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's been like an amazing privilege to me to be able to be involved in these sort of things. Um, and I, you know, I often think of myself as, as I'm, I'm not an expert necessarily in all of these things, but to me, the idea of creating this community really has, um, or the idea of investing in this community really has long-term impacts on the, the outcomes that the kids in this neighborhood can have and the families in this neighborhood can have. And so that's, I think that's kind of like our, maybe our guiding principle. The the culture is there. The the people are there. They're doing all of these things. So to me, if if my role is, you know, ordering tents and tables and getting a permit so that these things can happen, like that that's what I can do, you exactly. know? And so I think it's it's finding those ways to 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 support and to really just support the things that are already happening there. Yeah. I I love that. That kind of leads to my next question, you know, kind of what has really the reaction been to the the presence of the Tulsa Global District as kind of this branding principle for this for this district? You know, how, how has the community 
responded. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, to be completely transparent, I, community engagement is something we continuously need to do and to work on just because, you know, if you think about a small business owner, like, how many things are they dealing with any day, especially this, like, right now with, like, COVID in the past couple of years and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I think building those relationships is just, it's constant, right? I mean, it's it's not going in once. It's And that's why having the small business specialist will be amazing because it can really be very continuous and deliberate with that. But in general, I would say our, the reaction has been positive. Uh, there's been a lot of kind of the reaction that we might assume of like, I mean, it's about time that we see more investment in this area, right? And which I think is a completely legitimate, yeah. <laughs> you know, the statement. So I would say in general, positive. Um, of course, we've had community members that are concerned about what happens if, you know, this does turn into the next, say, Cherry Street or something where, and, you know, this is nothing against Cherry Street, but the rent is higher on Cherry Street than it is in East Tulsa currently, right? So, you know, that's, and and that has forced us to think critically, I think, about the way that we consider our programming and and things to make sure that displacement is at the forefront of our, of our thoughts. And, but I would say, you know, also like people coming to events, like very positive, those sort of just seeing the opportunity to, to maybe put their, you know, their culture, their community, their experiences on a larger stage, I guess, um, with something that's, you know, inviting people from across the city, I think is, has been very positive, but I will always say there's, you know, more work to do. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, in in this space, I I feel like there's been times where me personally, the, the question or the, the feedback that you get from a community is essentially in essence or to the effect of, well, how are you going to address gentrification or how are you going to solve gentrification? And if you have the answer for gentrification, I would love to hear Oh my gosh. It, it if, does, if anyone had the answer, it'd be so rich. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, but I, that's not to throw that back to the, to the person asking a very valid and important question. It is, I think just the reaction of, I, I'm so glad to know that there are people that know the effects that things have on the community. And they're, they're saying to the people that, are going to be making decisions that might impact that. Are you thinking about this? And that is so important. So, And I think we have a very, like, um, I don't know the right way to say this exactly, but like, I don't think that displacement has gone as far in East Tulsa as it has in other places. You know, you hear about places like San Francisco or something, right? Like, we have an opportunity to consider this from the very beginning of our work and, and to, to, see the things that have happened across the country um, and to learn from those things. I mean, actually, I got an opportunity to go to uh, Miami a couple weeks ago and a couple weeks before that to to San Francisco and to meet with amazing organizations in both of those places, Meta in San Francisco and the Allopata Collaborative in Miami. And just, you know, the scale is, I mean, astronomically different, but seeing what they're thinking about now is making me think like, what can we be doing at this very moment to make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah, that we're not there in 10 years. Exactly. Yeah, that's 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 so important. And we are just segueing <laughs> right along. I love this. You know, how thinking about the future, how how are you guys thinking about the future? You guys, you. Yeah, <laughs> me and amazing board and volunteers. Exactly. But, that's very true. Yeah. How are you and the board and, and just everyone involved thinking about 
expanding and and kind of the future of the global district? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is just hiring a second person, right? I mean, I keep saying doubling, right? Doubling sounds very (laughs) impressive. But no, I think just adding that additional capacity will be amazing for those, uh, just the way that we can support those small businesses, right? Because I do feel like right now, any support has to be pretty surface level, just based on the capacity of you know, it's also my responsibility to make sure the bills get paid, right? So um, having a person that in the way that I'm envisioning this person is really that they could go and say like, what, like, here's a grant. How can, like, let's fill out the application, right? So very hands-on, you know, one-on-one support and consultation. So I think that's a really exciting way to think about expanding our support for small businesses. I also think uh, expanding, you know, when it comes to events, just like, we're never going to have a Tulsa tough, right? I mean, but having something that you think about like, oh, in May, I always go to this event in the global district. Like I would love that for people who live in the area and also people who live everywhere in Tulsa and think like, this is just so fun. I love, I love doing this and having those kind of like standard events that we're known for and people come to the district for. But I also want people to come all the time, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I want people to to think like, oh, I saw this taco truck at this event that I went to and now I go there all the time. So, I mean, that's not expanding in the sense of, of our organization, but it's expanding in the sense of the, the impact that the global district has on Tulsans. Right. Yeah. And then I do think something that's very important to consider is how we invest in the public space and the properties in the district. So, you know, right now the McCullough park was a three plus million dollar investment by the city that just opened in February. And it is a beautiful park. It really is amazing. But if you think about the heart of the district, there really is so much pavement and concrete and how could we create a public space? So that's something that I think we are really considering as we move forward. Um, what could green space or something like that look like in the district? And that's obviously a long way away because that's a capital investment that is not within our you know scale at this moment. But could, I think, have a big impact and support on really all the programming we're thinking about. And then like really long term and, you know, this is Louisa talking, not the board saying this is what we want to do. But, you know, I think there's opportunities to, I think something that's really important is having an entrepreneurial ecosystem that we have these amazing programs doing like boot camp classes and trainings and all of these things. Something I see as our role is like, where do they go when that ends? Right. So how do we find the spaces in the global district that are vacant and make sure there's like levels of those so that people can come in from those programming if it's one person you know, where they're the only person that runs their business, they have the right space at the right cost for them. And then, you know, when they've gotten to 10 people, do they have a place to move? And that's still within the global district, right? So those sort of things can definitely happen by relationships with property owners. But at some point, I would love for us to control property in a way that we could really ensure that that is how it stays long term, because, you know, rent can always go up. (laughs) That's amazing. Those are those are some great plans for the future. I, I think that just from my, I wouldn't say uninformed perspective, but my unprofessional <laughs> perspective, I really do think that you you all are thinking and, and you specifically are thinking about the longevity of this community. And that is, I mean, before you, there wasn't anyone directing that traffic or those thoughts to that this area, um, you know, along with the board. They, they might have all been thinking about it, but not been able to actualize it. And that's the difference. Exactly. And I think that's such a huge thing because I think that, you know, there are hundreds of people in that area that have thought, man, we really need a crosswalk here. Man, yeah. I really wish that, you know, I had a space for my small business or oh, whatever. So I don't think that we are, you know, 
revolutionarily coming up with something new. But I do think having a person, hopefully soon two people, and in the future more than two people, whose job is to focus on this all the time, really can take that weight off of people who have a hundred other things to think yeah, about. Yeah, who are running those businesses. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I, and I really, uh, like, especially uh, enjoy and, and want to maybe, like, think about this with you um, after after this and, and kind of a continued conversation kind of about like what that the levels of like the property ownership and and how that can be accessible for like you said the small business owners in the in the tiered in a tiered format I think that's such a important idea for for anyone because I, I think that there is this if we're talking about entrepreneurship and we're talking about um, wanting to support it in Tulsa I, I think that there are so many mental barriers that can dissuade someone with a good idea to stop and to pause and to second guess and things like logistics, things like what's actually tangible and um, practical. I think the first one is like space and Mm -hmm. where to operate. And I I think that I think that remote work has kind of helped us realize that, you know, lots of things can happen in lots of different places. However, when it, if it's it's if it's something like doing your art, or if it's something like doing a podcast, or something like um, having a studio, I mean, these are such important physical spaces to interact with that uh, you know aren't conducive to the home. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, personally, it's good to get out of your house every once in a while, and I'm I'm guilty of not doing that. Yeah, sometimes, being in community with each yeah. other. I mean, creating that it's so. Uh, my brain is tingling in the best way. So I love this. I think my last question is a bit of a doozy slash, um, I don't know, maybe just just rereading. I'm like, I'm so curious how you might answer this. So, you know, how have you deployed co-development strategies in tandem with the existing nonprofits, businesses and organizations in the global district? And I can continue to add context if it helps. But I think maybe I'll just ground us in what I imagine co-development is. And I'm going straight to the Google definition of it because I do think that it's something that might not be... I'm sure it's context clued together. But you know what I mean specifically is the process of developing something new together with one or more people or organizations. Co-development is a trend of thought and development strategy and development studies, which considers migrants to a developing factor for their countries of origin. So kind of this idea that it's it's not oh come to america and you know build something with us in the american way or whatever mm-hmm. it's bring bring you bring your community bring everything that makes your experience uh, and a, a, a part of you to create create again or create anew and and with with other people in this blend so i don't know that that I think that my TS. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I could have talked for this whole time just about our amazing partners because we, I mean, literally could not do anything without them if you think about me being a single person, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I'll just talk a little bit about our partners and maybe some of the amazing things they're doing. So we do actually have like a little cohort of, of people. It's us, Uma Tulsa. They do a lot with mental health, physical health, but also uh, they run the Hispanic Small Business Association. There's Avanzando Juntos. They're doing a lot with access to capital for small businesses. El Centro, they're a, a worker center. La Cosecha, they do food distribution and other you know, access to social services resources for that. I'm, I'm forgetting a couple, but just... The, y, the, the new YMCA at East Central, 
a group that does advocacy with parents and schools. So I think all of us are very small organizations. And so individually, we can only tackle the smallest part of the large problem. But I think I do think that together we can all bring our expertise and try to to address issues in a much more holistic way than we could if one organization was trying to do all of it, right? Because when one organization is trying to do all of it, you're going to you're probably going to have similar viewpoints in the people that you've hired, right? So I think it's really cool that everybody in these organizations comes from their own background, their own community and brings it brings it together of like how we can work together and and, and solve things that are within our own expertise. I think all of the women that it's women who lead all of these organizations that I just that I just mentioned. Um, And, you know, I think we're just have been amazing collaborators for each other to really build an ecosystem. Um, And I think that all of them are so grounded in this community and so focused on being inclusive and, you know, multicultural. And it's just, I think, very it's inspiring to me every time I'm around them because there are things that they know about this community that I will never know. And there's things that I know about, you know, say working with the city that they might not know. Yeah. Right. So I think we all can bring that expertise to really create a community that is authentic and is the global district and is East Tulsa and doesn't, you know, takes takes the right things from different programs to bring to the area, but doesn't say like, okay, we have to do X, Y, and Z that X community did because it's not, that doesn't work. Right. Everyone does bring their own experiences from, you know, whether they were born in Tulsa or whether they were born in Mexico or, you know, anywhere. Right. So, but I think that the idea that we're creating a a welcoming space for everyone in the global district is, is very powerful and meaningful. Yeah, no, that's, I think, I think you nailed it. (laughs) Uh, Mostly because I, I think you're exactly right in the sense that everyone gets the access to build the access and opportunity to build with respect to their own experience. Um, and I think that's, that really touches on what co-development means and, and also how you're doing it and how it's been and been done in the Tulsa Global District, which is awesome. So uh, this has been such a very thrilling conversation for me. I've, I've loved um, learning more kind of about not only what has been done, what's going to be done uh, in the in the global district. And also just there's so many things to look forward to in terms of your programming and also like what these uh, what the folks in that area can look forward to in terms of what you guys hope to provide, whether it's continued small business assistance um, in like rental program or rent assistance, all of those things that I think are so impactful to the individual lives of people in that community, which is so, so important. So I just want to commend you again. Thank you so much for all the work that you do. And um, thank you for sharing it with our Grow With Us audience. Yeah, well, thank you for having me and, and and helping us, you know, tell this story, our, you know, the story of our very small organization. <laughs> yeah, we we have an amazing group of people, I think, working on this as well. So I my, love it. my my optimism for the future is, is high. Perfect. Go ahead and uh, my last ask of you is to just plug anything and everything. Maybe talk to us about the night market, talk a little bit about um, the hiring process for this new person. Yeah. So I think event-wise, I would say follow us on social media, Facebook at Tulsa Global, Instagram at Tulsa Global District. This is the best way to stay up to date with events. You know, we are generally going to try to have three to four like larger events per year. So our next one will be uh, 
August 12th at 1801 South Garnett Road. It'll be an art festival. We're calling it Illuminate Art Festival Tracing Our Roots. So the idea is to have live uh, live murals telling the stories of East Tulsa through, through art. So that's the, the next event coming up. Then on September 16th, we'll have an event for Hispanic Heritage Month. But in between, we're trying to start having smaller events. So for example, a week ago, we had a our first food tour. Uh, so where we, we visited three restaurants in the Global District, you got a little plate at each. So things like that will be on our, on our social media. As far as hiring for someone, um, hopefully by the time this comes out, we found somebody. <laughs> um, but no. We are looking for someone who really has that background in business support and business engagement and also has a passion and a heart for, for East Tulsa and immigrant communities and uh, communities of color. So that that opportunity is available right now on LinkedIn. Indeed, you can also find it on our social media, the links to those sort of things. I think just visit the Global District if you're listening to this and you haven't spent much time at 21st and Garnett. I would say you're missing out. Some great food options uh, again, social media, we try to highlight different things, but anyone's always welcome to to reach out to me and say, where, you know, where where's your favorite place to go? We have a list of restaurants on our website as well, globaldistrict.org. Um, but yeah, I mean, businesses in the area, you know, they're hanging on, but that doesn't mean they don't need more customers, right? So yeah. there's varying levels of of thriving that, you know, people can get to, right? Just because they're doing well now doesn't mean they can't be doing better. So yeah, visit visit these places. I think there's you'd probably be surprised by the things you can can see in the global district that you may not know about. There's like people who make pinatas and stuff like that. It's you know, fun. So. I love it. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being on this episode. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Grow With Us. Grow With Us is supported by In Tulsa Initiatives. If you are interested in learning more about In Tulsa services for job placement and workforce initiatives, please visit talent.intulsa.com. From there, you can join our talent network where you'll get access to our newsletter and our talent team will make sure we put the right opportunities on your radar. We put the choice to pursue a new career and opportunities in your hands. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. Let us know what you think about how we're doing by rating and reviewing. It really helps. Grow With Us is edited and engineered by Rant9 Productions and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us. Grow With Us.